I thank you, Father God, that at any point, these notes here, they're just notes. I thank you that I'm led by the Spirit and Holy Spirit, you have free reign in this service this morning. You know what every one of us is going through, has gone through what's ahead of us this week. God, I'm asking you by the Spirit of God to teach through me, to minister through me, and minister to each person that hears this word, and we give you the praise. I pray now for the church, Father God, in, in um, Oregon. I thank you, God, that you are blessing them as they hear the word of God, as they minister to you this morning, and I give you the praise, the glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Is this for me? Oh. <laughs> in the middle of prayer. My mind's going somewhere. If, you, if you're deprived, no, if you're depressed, you are living in the past. If you can be, if you are anxious, you're living in the future. If you are at peace, you're living in the present. Hallelujah. This is, um, this is the, whatever, what's it called? The nugget. If you're depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you're living in the future. If you are at peace, you're living in the present. For God has given you his peace. Amen. He said, my peace, I live with you. Not the peace that the world gives, but my peace. Let's first turn, before we turn to James, let's turn to John chapter 1. We might be going a different way, so we'll just, we'll just flow with God. Hallelujah. In the beginning, John 1, verse 1, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through Him. And without Him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And, in the, and the light shines out in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it put it out or absorbed or, dis or appropriated it and is unreceptive to it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. Okay, I'm going to go over to the King James. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. Hallelujah. So in the beginning was the Word. The Word is the most important thing in your life. The Word is Jesus. Hallelujah. And there's no way that you can really get to know Him outside of the Word of God. You've got to have the Word of God to back everything that you do and to be able to understand everything that you do in this world. If you're a believer, this is God's love letter to you. You can pull that closer to you, would if you want to. Hallelujah. It's too far out there anyway. Praise you, Father. So let's go ahead and turn to John, uh, James chapter 1 a minute. Honey, if I can throw that one to you. Thank you. James chapter 1. 
When you have so much stuff in your Bible that it's cluttering it up, I grabbed all my stuff out the other day except the two books. Let's get there. <laughs> Father, smile. Get joyful. James, a servant of God, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that this trying that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let let patience have a perfect work that you may be entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. In the Amphite it says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that trial and proving of your faith bringeth out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfast and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and, and fully developed with no defects lacking in nothing. So God is desiring for us to be a people. Let's look at this. But verse 4, but let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be a people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Sometimes we wonder, why do we get in a situation, maybe in a line, um, and this happened to Pastor the other day, he got in a line and he said they started bringing out all of their coupons, and um, some of the coupons weren't any good anymore. And so the... <laughs> You know, you get stuck in a line. Myself, personally, I just move my card out of there and take off if I'm, you know, I've got better things to do. But um, you, can, you can murmur and complain and get upset. You have several choices. The person wouldn't be counting out coupons if they had enough money, usually, okay? Although I do know there are crazy coupon people that do coupons for everything, okay? You can either wait patiently, get out of the line, or you can pay their bill. You have a choice. Now, which would be the best? Which would, which would give you the blessing? There's two, two out of three, okay? Well, get out of line is, is the easy way out. Um, standing there and patiently counting it all joy or pay the bill. Now, which one is going to bless you the most? Pay the bill. Because if you bless someone, you're going to be blessed. Amen. I've done that before. Just, you know, they got this. There's a reason. Been there, done that, was divorced, had kids, didn't have enough money sometime. I know what it's like. And you can tell when a person's going through something like that. Just, just pay the bill. But most of us sit and murmur, complain, and get upset. And, and the more we do, the more we'll find the, ourselves in these situations. I'm not talking about you, so just... 
I just thought I'd use that one as a good example because I, I don't like to go shopping with you because <laughs> that happens and, and um, there's a reason and, and my husband is a very patient man and so, but anyway, let's use us. You think of the things that cause you to lose your patience. Okay, think, every one of you know them, I'd ask you right now, make a list, because if these are causing you to lose your patience, then God wants you to work on them and deal on them. This is not my sermon. This is for all of us today for a reason. So take good notes, okay? I will be honest with you. If you are a personality that's done, 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 I want it done now, Please do not marry someone that does not move quickly. <laughs> do yourself a big fat favor. I'm being honest because you will do nothing but fight and argue all the time or take two cars or whatever. You understand what I'm trying to say? People get in themselves in their own situations and then pay for it later. So use wisdom. Okay? Learn some patience with people. Right? I'm asking you write five things down that you know causes you to lose patience. The Lord is asking you this this morning. Okay? For a reason and a purpose. So you can either do it or not. Take your choice. Get some paper. And someone around you needs paper and a pencil, give it to them. Okay, now let's go. Let's go now to James 5.1. Did y'all write down the five? Sometimes you get in situations where you're stuck in that situation and you may as well learn to live with it, you know. I do not squeeze the toothpaste, you know, roll it. So get your own tube. Make sure there's two in the household. Everybody needs their own. You all understand what I'm saying rather than... Get, we learned this early in marriage. Pastor rolls his. I don't know if he still does because I don't look at his toothpaste. I don't. I like to squeeze it in the middle. You know, so get your own tube. You're, you're not poor, right? If you can, have your own bathroom. Have your own closet. Do yourself a favor. You know, when the kids move out, Move everything of theirs out and move your stuff in. Amen? Okay, James chapter 5. I want to, um, verse 1. I don't want James 5, 1. We're going to do something else. We're going to go to the Timex watch. How many have ever heard the the old phrase, um, have I done this sermon before? Anybody remember this one? I don't think so. But let's think about the Timex watch. 
This was their logo or slogan years ago. If you're, if you're this, if you remember this, then you're old. Timex keeps on licking and keeps on ticking. How many remember that? No. <laughs> Timex takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Timex. <laughs> See, I'm not old enough to remember that. Timex <laughs> takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Does anybody remember that? You do? Well, I'm 70 and you're what? We won't even ask you what you are because not everybody likes to tell their age. I don't care. It's on Facebook. I can't get it off. <laughs> Timex takes the licking and keeps on ticking. How nice can you be? Just put down your age and where you were born. <laughs> so much for that, the world knows. Um, the idea was simply that no matter what you did to a Timex watch, it would keep working. That's why a lot of people bought Timexes. Okay, you say, what does this have to do with this sermon? A lot, just give me some minute. If I remember correctly, they, would even, they had a commercial that showed a barren wasteland after a nuclear explosion lying on the ground was a Timex watch ticking away. It's pretty good. Pastor has two of them, I think, don't you? I didn't, yeah, you have two. He doesn't use them all at the same time. If he had all the watch, to, or had all the, used the watches he has, he'd have, he'd be like women with their bracelets. Okay, faith is a lot like that. It takes a licking to keep on ticking. So many things try to disrupt our faith, but it seems that we as a church just keep on ticking away. Every day, every day, something happens to try to disrupt your faith. Every day. Patience. You know, someone being late. You want to know my pet peeve? Someone being late. I won't go into my thing on that. Um, Satan hates our faith. He hates it. Let's go back to James a minute and look at this a minute. Consider it, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So he knows he's going to do everything he can to try your faith. Everything. And he won't stop. If he sees that it bugs you, he'll keep it up. He will use little tiny, little tiny things to pick at you, to cause you to lose your faith and want you to give up. So many things try to disrupt our faith, but it seems like we as a church just keep ticking away. Satan hates your faith. Why? Because foundational to his fall from heaven is the idea that he lost faith in his creator. And so he hates you. He hates me. He hates our faith. Because he knows that if we use our faith, God has given each one of us the measure of faith to build upon. And he knows if, if he can get at your faith, 
if he can get you to not walk by faith. The Word of God says that we we're, that God is not pleased if we don't walk by faith. What's that scripture I'm looking for, honey? It's in Hebrews. Um, I believe it's in Hebrews. Four. I'll let you look that up for me. So he wants your faith. He cannot have your faith. He lost that. He lost that. He, was, he lost that in the garden. That's what he went after Jesus. He lost it when he fell. That's what he went after Jesus to try to get him to get off of faith in God, but he couldn't. And so we need to realize that as Jesus was tested and tempted, that enemy is still around. Jesus defeated him, having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of him openly, triumphing over in it. But he keeps trying and trying to get us to stop walking in faith and do whatever we can. And the one way he likes to do that is get us to become impatient. What amazes me is this. You might want to write this down. He pushes us and often tries our faith and most often pushes us right into the arms of God. He's, he's so stupid, the harder he pushes us, the faster we run to God. Now, sometimes people get out there, we've all done that, get out there for a while and, and do whatever. But after a while, it gets pretty lonely out there when you're not hearing from God, let me tell you. I've been there, 10 days was enough for me. And you run to God. You know that that is your only place of refuge. He is your only place of refuge. He's your only place of peace. He's your only place. And so the enemy will push us and try our faith. And the more he pushes us, the more we run into the arms of God. He can't seem to be able to control himself as a result in that we grow in faith. Hallelujah. We grow in faith. God's desire for us is that we grow in faith. This is the catch. Even though our faith is shaken at times, even though our faith is disrupted, we must understand that behind it, God is at work. God is constantly working for us. God knows that we're being tested and tried. Count it all joy when you encounter divers tests and trials, knowing the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be entire, lacking or wanting nothing. In the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack or I shall not want. If God is your shepherd, you will not lack or want. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Even though our faith is shaken, even though our faith is disrupted, we must understand that behind it, God's at work. Faith is the foundational to faith is belief, trust, and more, most important, relationship. So there's three foundations to faith. Belief, trust, 
and most important is relationship. So how do we grow in how do we grow in true faith? How do we increase our trust in God? One of the answers is to this question said that we must add something to our faith. I don't care how good a Timex watch is, it's worthless unless it has been added batteries to it, unless it's been given batteries. If your Timex watch batteries run out, it is worthless. Or if the leather on the, the wrist band starts to stink, you get rid of it. And that's how my husband is. Oh, you this watch you got me. It stinks. It went out. It was still ticking. Am I correct? Was it still ticking? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so let's go to Second Peter 1. I remember, I think I've told this story before when we were in, I've got to watch my watch here. Okay, i tell you this is going to be a two or three parter. When we were in Mexico one time, we were eating at the most exclusive restaurant in Mexico. It happened to be at our hotel and we ordered prime rib and pastor's sitting there and we're eating. And all of a sudden I look up and he stopped eating. And I'm like, why aren't you eating? He just looked at me and smiled, like, you're going to find out in about a minute. And um, I took my bite, and it tasted like a horse, like a horse smells when they're sweaty. Have you ever ridden a horse that, that's sweaty? They stink. That's, that's kind of what he said his watch smelled like. But he quit eating. He, at least he could have done was told me, you're eating horse. <laughs> So we just boxed it up and took it out, you know. There were cats out on the beach. And we just took it out and threw it out on the beach and let them eat. So 2 Peter 1, 1 through 9. You're going to find it. He just looked at me like... <laughs> that was a dirty trick. Okay. <laughs> we get along. We have... Um, we get along well. Uh, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle, special messenger of Jesus Christ to those who have received and obtained an equal privilege of like precious faith with ourselves in and through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace, I'm going back to the King James. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. You need to have that underlined in your Bible. It is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. What did we just learn? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus is the Word. Okay, let's move on. According to his divine power, he hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. 
whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these you might be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. There's that patience. And to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these be in you and abound, they make you that you, be, you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Now that's pretty heavy. So let's look at these things. I can't expound on every verse here, but we're going to notice four things in verses 1 to 4. Number one, Peter was writing to those who had obtained faith. So that's us, amen. Those, if you're born again, then you have obtained faith. And Peter's writing to you. Number two, grace and peace is multiplied when we know God, verse 2. It's multiplied to us through the knowledge of God, of Jesus our Lord. Number three, God's power has given us everything we need pertaining to life. So that's verse three. According as his divine power hath given us, unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Number four, God has given us great and precious promises to help us partake of his nature and to help us overcome worldly lusts. I'll go back and we'll go ahead and read verse four whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, I'm going to share this with you. You've got to be in the Word. You cannot go a day without being in the Word. Seriously, the Bible clearly states that... Mike, quote the scripture again that you quoted this morning. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So every word that proceeds out of God's mouth is better for us and greater for us than the food that we eat. So if you had your choice between food and the word, you better take the word. Okay. So Peter was writing to those that had obtained faith. Verse one, grace and peace is multiplied when we know God. Verse two, God's power has given us everything we need pertaining to life. Everything. God's Power has given us everything we need pertaining to life. 
He has given us, for number four, great and precious promises to help us partake of his nature and to help us overcome worldly lusts. So you've got to have the word of God to overcome anything that we go through in this life. Here on this earth, we have to have the word of God or we will not be overcomers in every circumstance, in every situation. Whose fault is that? I'm asking you. If you don't overcome a situation, whose fault is it? You know, a lot of people blame God. But if you know the word, if you study the word, if you're in the word, if you stay in the word, and you operate and live by the word of God, then these promises have been given to us. Great and precious promises have been given to us to become overcomers in every circumstance, in every situation. When I think of an overcomer, I think of you're going through something and you will overcome it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes we're in situations and circumstances that happen that we've got to get in that word and really study that word and study that word and study that word and walk in it and walk in it and walk in it and see the victory. Because we've allowed ourselves to become low in the word of God. We've allowed ourselves, you know, it's like your gas tank. If you don't fill your gas tank, what's going to happen? You're going to run out of gas. Well, this is what's happened to so many people in this time that we're living in. They have a low level of the word in them right now. And the more you operate in a low level of the word, the less you realize how important the word of God is in your life and how badly you need it. Because we get used to circumstances and situations, we get used to whatever we will allow. Now, I'd like to take the time right now and talk about cycles of life. You know, every year there is a cycle that you go through every year. There's times of years that certain things happen in people's lives. There are some people that at a certain time of year, they get upset with their mate and things happen and I'm going to leave them and then everything straightens out and and everything's fine, and, and so everything's fine now, and I'm okay. But it's not okay if you've not dealt with it. I'm not into telling people to, I can't legally tell a person they can leave their mate, okay? But people go through cycles, and we need to realize and understand the cycles that we go through. Some people, it can be school. If you're going to school, you know you've got to study. You can't let down on that. But if you're studying and you let down on the word of God and on your prayer life, then you're not going to be successful. Well, the, I'll, put you, I'll put it this way. The devil will let you be successful. At the same time, he will, be, he will be stealing the word from you. That's what he wants. He doesn't want you to realize that the word is being stolen out of your life. If you're not in the word... If you're not staying in the word and you're not building yourself up, every time I give out the word of God, I have given out the word. I have to read 
build that word in me that I've given out. Does that make sense? So every time you share the word with someone, you have taken out of your tank, I'll just put it that way, and you have shared it and you need to put it in. Does that make any sense? I hope it does. So I learned that a long time ago. So now because of these things, God tells us in verse 5 to apply diligence to walk with him. So let's read verse 5. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge. Now let's go into the amplified here for a minute. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. So God's desire and plan for his children is they, that they become sharers in his divine nature. So he, his plan for us as his children is that we are as he was here on the earth. So as we partake in the word of God, we become sharers of his divine nature. That's powerful. Really go home and do a study on God's divine nature, what it is. Praise the Lord. I don't have time to, to teach on that right now, but when we do verse 1, 2, 3, and 4, because of them, God tells us in verse 5 to apply diligence to our walk with him. We have to apply diligence. If you're in school, you have to apply diligence to your homework, to what, what your professor or teacher has said. In, the fam in our family, I don't know if they still do A, B, C, D or whatever, but you had to obtain and keep a B average. You did not come home with anything lower than a B. If you did, you were grounded until the next report card. It was pretty stiff. Did it hurt me? No. I will tell you a couple times I had somebody sign my warning slips. <laughs> Being honest here, that was the old person, but, but I knew you better get yourself together. You better, you better pick it up. Well, that's how we are in our spiritual walk sometimes. But we don't have anybody to sign our warning slips. Amen? Are you getting what I'm saying or what the Lord's trying to tell you today? Now, if you're fortunate and you live in your parents' home, you have your parents that tell you, but so many times kids think they're nagging. They're nagging me. Be glad. Some parents just let their kids do whatever. So we see he starts a parade. Faith leads the band and love brings up the rear. And in it is here that we want to focus on verse 5 through 7. So let's look here. And for this reason, adding... Add in your diligence to the divine promises. Employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellent resolution, 
Christian energy and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligent, develop it. You've got to develop this knowledge that God is giving you. People don't realize that. Well, I've got this knowledge now. If you don't act upon your faith, if you don't become a doer of the word, if you're just a hearer only of the word, it's not going to work. Many people hear the word, but they don't do it. And then they, they get angry because they, God didn't move for them. Or there is something called faith, foolishness, and presumption. I probably, sh one, of us should t one of us should teach on it. One of us should teach on it. Praise the Lord. Faith, foolishness, and presumption. Many people get in presumption. They read a scripture, and they look at it, and they say, well, you know what? Um, the Bible says to do that, and so um, I'm going to do that. And if it doesn't come to pass, then they blame God. Well, somebody could read what Ananias and Sapphira did and try that, and what would happen? They'd be dead, okay? So you've got to know the word. You don't go off in presumption. You don't go off in foolishness. You go in faith. And so we're learning today how to obtain like precious faith, how to operate in it, how to have faith work for you and faith work in you, okay? So here we go. Six, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. Oh boy, that's a good one. That's all underline self-control, unless you have a very small print like I do, which I'm going to underline it right now. As you go through these things, the best thing to do is, is you go through a teaching in Scripture when you see one that uh, you're not quite lining up to the way you should. Underline it. Get some paper. Um, and a pen during the sermon and write it down. God, I need help in this area. Okay. So where were we? And in exercising knowledge, verse 6, develop, develop self-control. You have to develop. Self-control is something that you have to develop. Okay. How many know that? You want to just say to people sometimes, oh, shut up. That's not developing self-control. You know, when two people get married and, you know, everybody acts their nicest when they're dating. They act real nice. Then all of a sudden, I don't like you and you don't like me, and, but we're here together in this, so... Um, we're going to work this. We are going to exercise diligence in this and figure out how in the world a marriage is supposed to work. How many know that that's not the easiest thing in the world to do? I'm telling you singles this right now. Pray. Pray much. Amen? Because I don't care how, how wonderful it is there are going to be situations that come up 
that you're not going to agree on or you don't you were not raised the same or whatever and there will be differences some of them people want it done dun, 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 and others are like hey wait we can take a while you know you know if you go on a i remember one time pastor said someone had invited me to go on a vacation with them and pastor told me you better find out they said you know i really want to take you on this on this vacation and whatever and he said you better find out what they do on vacation because when i go on vacation i go to hawaii and i go to relax i'm not into touring and and going on to all the sites and whatever even when i was younger that didn't you know that's fine a few of them are fine but i am here to enjoy the sun look at the ocean and relax so i found out this gal liked to hike <laughs> she liked to go rock rock hunting or whatever that is. I like to go out in the desert. Are you kidding me? Me in the desert? Oklahoma was bad enough. I said, you know what? Find someone else that would really like to go with you on vacation because really that's not my, my type of vacation, you know, to go out in the desert and, and uh, I don't like snakes scorpions, spiders. I don't like any of that stuff. And, and this person was really into this kind of whatever. I'm not into that stuff. Laurel would have been a good one to take. Okay. So, see, pastor used some wisdom there. Okay, so, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control, and in ex exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance, and exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, piety. So, let's look at a few of these. Okay, let's see. Um, I'm, not, I'm not telling on myself, but you know of the two of us, who's the calmest? Don't laugh back there, John. It's not nice for the usher in the back to laugh. That's funny. <laughs> All right. In exercising knowledge, develop self-control. In exercising self-control, develop steadfastness. Do you know most people that um, have to develop self-control learn some things quicker because it takes a long time to develop that because you want to slap people or I'll tell you become a counselor and you'll develop it real quick honestly I did not choose this God did this and I'm thankful you deal with demons you better know what you're doing you learn to trust God very quickly. Amen? And ex exercising self-control develops steadfastness. Steadfastness. Are you steadfast? Patience, endurance. And in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness. All these work together, and you can't skip one. 
you cannot skip one to get to the next one. You know, we, a lot of us want to, you know, I don't like to read instructions. How many don't, I mean, some of you do. Pastor reads every instruction, every bit of it. So I just give it to him because I know he's going to read the instructions because I'll get in the middle of putting a lamp together and it's upside down and whatever. Okay. So you learn to develop these things and you cannot go from A to Z without doing the whole alphabet when it comes to faith and God's ways. Okay. So that's where faith, foolishness, and presumption comes in. Well, sounds right. Sounds right. But does it line up with God's word? Well, if you're not in God's word, you don't know. For, the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. People are perishing for a lack of knowledge. Okay, let's move on. So in all these, you should have, at least in verse 6, I would say there should be several of these that you realize you need to develop. Am I right? Or am I alone? Let's go over verse 6 again. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness. If you develop self-control, then you will be developed in steadfastness. You'll be steadfast. You will not care if you are the last person standing you'll still do whatever God's asked you to do. Number will not matter. You're going to do it. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, only one disciple went with him and his mother. Only one that hours earlier were sitting at the table with him, had crossed over to pray with him, and only one was with him. And John's constantly telling him the one that Jesus loved. I'm sure that that bugged them. <laughs> there used to get me a, a lady years ago that used to say I'm God's favorite when she'd get up to preach. And I knew there were people in the audience that that really bothered. But as far as she was concerned, she was God's favorite one there. Well, she had the right attitude. I am God's favorite. I will be favored of God. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But most people, a lot of people don't see themselves that way. A lot of people see themselves as, well, you know what? I'll take whatever. I want it all. So to get it all, you're going to have to go through this. Amen. Because at the very end of this, it says, and I'm going to stop and we will take this up 
at another time. Might be Wednesday, might be Sunday. It says here, But if these things in verse 8 be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, spiritually short-sighted, seeing only what is near to him and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. This is powerful in verse 8. For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful under the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Church, we see what's just happened in France, in Paris. It's very sad. And like I... like that night when I heard about it, that day, I'm going to be, this, this was my thing. God, I should have been so in tune to you spiritually that I would have been praying for them. That, this, is, this is how I felt, honestly. That I need to pick up my sensitivity in my prayer time and my sensitivity in the spirit. So when things are ready to happen, you can call on me to be an intercessor for whatever goes on. And that was my desire before God. Making me the person that you're looking for, looking to and fro. Make this church a church that is a house of prayer and is sensitive to your spirit so that you can count on us in anything, for anything that you need. Our country is going through things, church. These people are in our country. We need to, need, we need to be sensitive to the things of the Spirit. There are going to be some changes concerning prayer meetings in this church. how to be led by the Spirit. Because it's the church's responsibility to be in prayer and in the place that God can call on them at any time, any hour, when something needs to be prayed through. You say, well, that's their fault. No, it's not. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then they will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Church, it's time for this land to be healed. 
now. It, it was time for it to be healed years ago. The churches stood by and allowed prayer to be taken out of school, to allow the commandments to be taken out of school. We, we need them back. We need to stand up, not stand down. And so this is why God wants us to know Peter and understand these scriptures in 1 Peter. One more scripture I'm going to give and then we'll just close this one up. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. I hope you got something out of this this morning because we, as far as I'm concerned, from what God's told me that he wants us to be is a very tightly knit body that is walking in the precepts of God that is ready and prepared for anything God would have us to do and be. I'll be honest. I would not be sitting here teaching at the age of 70 if I did not believe that's what God wanted for this body. That's what he told us when we started. And you're part of it. If that's what you desire, then that's what, that's what Pastor and I and Pastor is going to be teaching on his goals and visions. That's what, we're, that's what we want. We want what God wants. Every church is different. We need to do what this church wants. What, God's, what God wants this church to do. Amen. I don't want something less. And it's been less for a while. And I don't like the less that we have been. Go back, those of you that were here, when three months, three and a half months of revival went on every night. I will not stand for less. When you're in the spirit, when you're in the realms of the spirit, when the spirit has free reign, then miracles take place. Ephesians 6. Verse 10. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. Put on, God's whole, God, put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the deposits, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands 
to stand firmly in your place. Do you know each one of us has a place? Stand therefore, hold your ground. Having, having tightened the breastplate of truth around your loins. So you've got to have the word. And having on the breastplate of integrity. We have to have integrity. And the moral rectitude and right standing with God. And having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up over all the covering shields of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit that wields, which is the word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To the end, keep alert. Keep alert. Please underline that in your Bible. Keep alert. And watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. And pray also for me that freedom, this is to pray for your pastors, that freedom of utterance may be given us, that I may open my mouth to proclaim boldly, that pastor may open his mouth to pray, proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in a coupling chain in prison. Thank God I'm not in prison. Pray that I may declare it boldly and courageously as I ought to do. Pray that over your pastors. I'm not going to ask for hands, but how many spend time praying for your pastors. Think about this. Talk about this. Go home and talk about it. Because who do you think the enemy wants to shoot, get out of here first? And trust me, he's tried. God, I thank you for this message. I thank you what we've learned this morning. Our prayer is for each one of the people in this body. Our prayer is for my prayers for Pastor and I. That each one of us will stand before you and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Father, I thank you for the privilege of the word 
that came forth today to give us an opportunity to turn some things around in our lives, every one of us, to change some situations in our lives. If we have bitterness or resentment or anything that is holding us back, that as we get in your word and as we pray, you reveal to us how to walk and operate in your word. How to keep our families safe and committed to one another. How to keep this church family safe and committed to one another. God, you know that we desire to have a mighty outpouring of your spirit in this house. We desire that this house be a house of prayer. And I thank you, God, that my brothers and sisters will have a desire for this church to fulfill everything on this earth that you have called us to do. My prayer is for each one of your children this morning to complete the work that you've begun in them and complete everything that you spoke before the foundations of the world for them to accomplish. I'm asking you, God, to minister to each one of them. I bind confusion in the name of Jesus. And I loosen your power and your anointing. I thank you, God, that you are moving mightily in our midst and you will continue to work in each person's lives. We are seeing miracles take place in families, things that are happening so quickly. Your word says that your blessings will overtake us, God. So Father, as, as pastor and I teach the things that you've asked us to teach, I thank you, Father God, that we will be doers of your word and that this body will be doers of your word also. And I ask you, Father, that you bless each one of them this week. Ephesians 3.20, super abundantly above all that they could dare ask or think. And I praise you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. If anyone needs prayer, I will stay in here.